Hello, this is Jessica Heron, founder and CEO of the Stella and Dot Family Brands, and this is my brand new podcast, Self Made. Hey friends, welcome to this episode of Self Made. I am thrilled that there is a guest that you are going to be so motivated by. Because if you ever sat there and had an idea, maybe it came to you in a dream, but then you got up the next morning and you started to go about your day and maybe you were excited over coffee. You were thinking, you know, this is kind of brilliant. This is really exciting. And then in your head, you had your store, you had your new business, you had your new service company, whatever it was that sparked your imagination in the middle of the night was all good. But then around about lunchtime, fear started to take over and all your want turned into worry. And you were no longer a, a business tycoon in your mind. You were someone that thought, if I went and did this, I'll have debt. People will think I'm an idiot. I'll fail. And, and, and out. And then there you go. The idea is on the back shelf. You are going to meet a fierce entrepreneur, uh, young, vibrant, and obviously fun by the topic that she chose to have a business around, Jordan Jones. So she has started a business called Packed Party. If you have not seen it, you need to check it out and hear about her story where at the age of 23, this person decided that she was going to take her dream and turn it into a reality. So Jordan, welcome to Self Made. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and on. You, you and I have traveled in the same paths. I actually was in Austin. And then in order to start my business, I moved to San Francisco. You were in we San Francisco yes. and then moved to Austin. So for all of our listeners that have not yet to discover the pure joy of Pack Party, will you give just a brief introduction of what the company is? Yep. So Packed Party is a lifestyle gifting brand. We design and manufacture anything and everything to make life a party. So we started six years ago with five themed party for one packages, which were essentially glorified care packages. And then just through social media and kind of creating an amazing community of what we call party girls that demanded more products from our brand, uh, we turned into really a lifestyle brand. So everything from drinkware to travel accessories, tech items. Now we've got party supplies and whole foods. You name it. If it's fun, we make it. It's kind of what we say here. That's amazing. Okay. So now we know the overview of your company. I'm going to ask you so much more about it, but give me an overview of you because you were 23. So what, what's your background? How, what it were you doing before Pack Party? It feels now. And like, I was 23. Oh my gosh. That's uh, because when you're an entrepreneur, you live in dog years. It's it, like, you just feel like it's been, it's like, was that a hundred years ago? I'm totally going to use that. The dog years. I love it. It really is everything. I mean, and when it's happening too, it just feels so big. Like this is going to be the end of the world. And then, you know, oh wait, it's, it's amazing. Five minutes later. So yeah, going back, I went to Oklahoma State University. I graduated in 2012 with a degree in strategic media and public relations. I just have always been really type A. So it never occurred to me that I could own my own business or start my own business. That never went through my mind back then. Um, but I just knew I had to have a job. So um, yes, getting out of college, I was like being offered several internships and things kind of in the journalism and PR wheelhouse world. And I was like, you know what? I 
I just need a full-time job. I don't care if it's even something that I really love. So I was offered a role at an agency in Dallas, Texas, doing hospitality for what felt like really glamorous, you know, clients, just really big Pepsi and Walmart and State Farm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can flush toilets and get Pepsis, like absolutely for, (laughs) for benefits. Um, So I very proudly accepted and told my family I was going to move to Dallas and had a full-time job. So it was actually a really great role with so many amazing people. Uh, The agency was actually called the marketing arm um, for genius reasons, because of course, everybody's like the marketing arm for who? And then you can kind of insert your client. For you. For you. Right. So I was a very small uh, piece of what is an awesome company there. But as I grew uh, at the company, really kind of like nine months in, that quick fire decision I had made when I graduated. I was like, this isn't actually what I'm passionate about. So upon visiting San Francisco, I was like, I think I want to move here. I, I think this is the place that I'm supposed to be and got a job there. And gosh, there are. Okay. So how long were you in your first job? Nine months. I think that was yeah, yeah. about nine months, less than a year. Okay. So less than a year, you start to look around and then how did I you find a job in San Francisco? That I don't want to hire right now. You are given millennials a bad name. Twitter. <laughs> but you were a passion follower, right? So you went on your quest and you went out West and did yep. you have a job before you moved? I did. That was absolutely one stipulation. I sat at the kitchen table, the same kitchen table I'm actually sitting at. It sits in our conference room now. This is my family's kitchen table, but I've had many a conversation here with my parents that, you know, like full come to Jesus. I'm like, I think I'm going to move to California. They're looking at me full white face, you know, huh? What? Why? So it's like, I, I actually got a job. I'm going to work for this data analytics company. My parents were like, you know nothing about data analytics. I was like, right. But it's in San Francisco and I just feel like I'm supposed to be there. You're so, like, not true. I know the address and that yeah. is sufficient knowledge. <laughs> exactly. What kind of data analytics do you want to know? I, I can pull something out. So I moved fairly quickly, quit my job at the marketing arm, um, left behind some great friends in Dallas and was pulling a U-Haul to the West Coast. So started my job almost immediately. And did you have friends? Did you find a yeah. random roommate? Didn't know a soul. Of course not. Why? No. Why move somewhere where you knew anything? Some of my best friends today are actually like San Francisco random roommate connections from post-college. That's like been 25 years. So, so okay, it is so my favorite there. place in the world. I love San Francisco, but I got there and it's so transient. Just like you said, mm-hmm. everybody was so welcoming, but my one problem was I was living right next to the Golden Gate Bridge. So the, you know, furthest point North in the city. And then my commute was over an hour um, South down to Redwood Shores every single day. So it was really difficult to make friends making that commute because I would be invited to things, you know, a random, oh, hey, we're getting drinks and we all just moved here. Do you want to come? And it's like, uh, can it be at eight o'clock? Can it be at 830? So I was having a really hard time making some friends uh, when I first moved there, which is, of course, you know, how Pack Party came to be with me having a pity party. So I, I do, when I think of party of one, I definitely think pity party. I think I'm like, okay, I'm having a pity party. And, and frankly, I would love it if I was having a pity party and then some loving friend sent me a box of fun yeah. and happiness. Like, so tell me about your dream. And is that in fact, how you got the idea for pack party? Yes, it is. So I had moved. And when I tell you, I mean, I'm 
making it sound funny right now, but I was pretty miserable. If we're being really Mm -hmm. honest right now, I was making that commute and I worked so hard to, you know, and it is intimidating making adult friends. It's just harder, right? Out, Out of school and so I muster up some courage at like a soul cycle class to be like, oh, you know, I like your shoes or something, you know, something just to extend the olive branch. And then I'd get invited and it was like, okay, work, 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 make a friend. Oh, can't go. So I was feeling really defeated one evening and I called my mom and I was like, I don't know if I should have moved to San Francisco. Maybe this was a snap decision. She's like, hmm, you think? Gotta go. I, like, I told to you so. Party for yourself. <laughs> exactly. So she's a true Texas, tell it like it is woman and looked, you know, I could just see her glaring at me through the phone. We weren't even FaceTiming, but she's like, this is a you problem. You're having a pity party. Get over it. You're fine. Call me in the morning, go to bed. And thank goodness I listened to my mom because that night I did, I listened to her. I went to bed right away and I had a dream that I woke up from. It literally woke me up in the middle of the night that I could send myself a physical pity party. So her words were almost like seared into my head. And the next thing I knew, I was just writing down what today I know as a business plan. I mean, then it was just every random thought. Ideas. Themed party for one packages, call company, packed party. And we still, we've got a big timeline in our office. And that's that very first timeline photo is the idea that I have in the middle of the night right there in my teeny, teeny, tiny apartment. I mean, my TV was like on a swivel. So it's like, do you want to watch TV in the living room? Oh, nope, you're in the bedroom. Like just right here. (laughs) It was so small. So it was like, one, how am I going to actually execute and run this business? I have no prior, I didn't go to business school. I've never started a business before. I mean, my family, I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs, but I knew that there was a need in the marketplace. It was like, nothing like this exists. There's so many subscription boxes, but for me, right there from the beginning, it was like, why wouldn't I sell experiences for people that are, they need something like this. You know, it's so time consuming to create a care package and assemble all the pieces and find the card and then send it in this kind of ugly or boring brown box. What if I created these packed parties? So we had five SKUs. I got a little website up and running. They were all $45 a piece and they're came my background kind of in brand building. And I've always been really imaginative. So Packed Party itself sort of lit on fire, even when our products, we just didn't have that big of an offering. People were like, I love this concept. I mean, we were selling pity parties, breakup packages, uh, miss you packages. It's just so fun. It was and, fun. And I will say, I mean, when you go, everybody should go check out Packed Party. It is, as as it would you would imagine, it is very easy to spell and go to. And it is just so colorful and fun and happy. I, it doesn't surprise me at all that it, this caught on like wildfire, especially over social media. And is, are you the creative source? Like from a, did you I partner am. with people? Did you find people? Because you were saying... Like, did you go, okay, so there you are, you have an idea. Yeah. And then now what, right? You've already made bold decisions in moving. Everybody's question is like, now what? Like, how do you make phone chargers at 20 years old? What are you doing? So So you get up the next day, you have to go to work, you get back in the car, walk through the mental process of, I am going to quit. I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure out how to do it. I'm going to get the money to do it. Like, and how long so was it before questions. the idea and the first sale? And yeah, how am I going to, you know, like get over this immediate feeling of nausea that is you know, creating a, a business? And, and I knew immediately for me, it wasn't like, okay, I'm creating this small 
Etsy shop. And there's nothing wrong with being on Etsy. But for me, it was always like, let's go cover the world. Like I had Sherwin Williams, like in my mind, like I'm like, let's go make Crack Party in Tokyo. Let's go make Crack Party in New York City. Let's go do it all. So I I called my dad who, you know, I grew up, my dad was a banker. So very, very conservative financially. I was like, I'm going to start this business. And he's like, you just got a job. It's like, right. So I'm going to start it on the side and we're going to sell these packages. And don't worry, I've already started my little website. And um, yeah, I'm going to use some of my savings, order a little inventory. I'm, I'm going to figure out this whole wholesale thing because I was buying people's other brands items at the time to put inside my packages. So my margins weren't, they weren't bad, but they weren't great by any means. So I was sourcing, you know, the packages themselves, putting the crinkle paper in there. And then I'd find a silicone dot necklace and and pop it in the package and a, you know, whatever. Oh, really? It Did was. you? No, not at the time. There was no jewelry <laughs> in there. But I'm just giving these major brands. Oh, my great idea. Yeah, brilliant. So I was finding these way, actually, not as nice as silicone dot, but smaller, kitschy gift items, you know, like mm-hmm. a fun package of Kleenexes to go in a breakup package or a little mini voodoo doll. Like it was ridiculous stuff that would have been. Very like super creative, very fun. yes, very okay, difficult so you, though to find. How did you own. figure out like day one? I know people are sitting there and like, I have an idea, but literally, do I Google how to buy wholesale? Like, what did you do? Did kind you have of. a friend you asked? Did you? I had nobody. I mean, I had no business mentor, I didn't know anybody that had paved this path or had started a business before. So I just was so passionate about the need for a service. I mean, truly, I was like, I'm fixing a problem here. And I was so passionate about fixing it. And I knew that if I had the problem, so many other women had the issue of creating these gifts to send for their friends and also for themselves. And that's really what laid the foundation that was Packed Party. And people loved this idea of starting the party for yourself or being you know, kind enough to share it with somebody else. Mm-hmm. So from there, we were up and rock and rolling. I mean, I had a baby step stool and I was on the front steps. I lived in the maid's quarters of this old house. And I stood on a step stool every single day. And my, the, the woman that ran, she was our, our post lady, just so sweet, barely spoke any English. Like, you know, what are you taking a picture of today? And I'm like, you just have no idea. Right. Cause I've got poster board all styled out and I'm taking all these different pictures of packages. But from there, people started asking what else does pack party sell and the traffic that I was driving to our site. I mean, I kind of figured out uh, Googling quite literally how to buy wholesale. Um, I always, been pretty good at sales. I never wanted to go into sales, but just enough to be dangerous, right? Like to know I was being fooled or can you sharpen your pencil and give me a better price on this? You know, I'm (laughs) going to be ordering 300 of these. And at the time, like we were calling Sugarfina on their home phone. Like we were working with Rosie directly at that point. So many of these businesses were starting in 2013. And I knew that I had something really big, but I needed more SKUs. And operationally, I mean, my mind and creatively, I'm very right-brained. So the operations were always trying to catch up with Pack Party. So we had these five SKUs, we're rocking and rolling. And then the next thing I knew, and people were asking for more, Rebecca Minkoff reached out to us. We partnered with her. We took over all of her stores nationwide and did a Packed Party Times Rebecca Minkoff gift with purchase. So then, you know, hey, by the way, do you want to host an event with Rebecca, you and Rebecca? Like, okay. So we're just growing and growing on social media and people are still continuously asking us, what else do you sell besides the packages? I love Packed Party. And I'm like, okay, well, I I take photos of doorsteps all the time. Why don't I make a doorstep necklace? So I went, filed my first trademark, started selling this teeny tiny door charm that you could, we hand engraved 
with whatever numbers you called home because it was where your party started. So that caught on like wildfire. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, okay, I figured that. And that's again, just through Google and going downtown San Francisco, finding this teeny tiny little guy in a basement of a jewelry shop. And I'm like, can you engrave on this piece of metal for me and make it look like a door? And I I mean, you just figure it out, but it was always- I've always called this process kissing a lot of frogs like you just wander around and talk to people alone until you find somebody that knows something and then you just keep going so I think a lot of people who are uh they what you've said is very inspirational so you had an idea you were crazy enough to pursue it you believed in it passionately and then you just uncovered all the you know turned over every stone until you figured out how to make it happen but I think another big part of the journey is establishing how you go get customers and how you build a website. I think anybody can do today. It's so mm-hmm. easy today, right? There are so many services, but the, how you go create customers, you did it through Instagram. So tell Absolutely. me what that step was like. Cause I think people are probably like, who is my first follower? Was it your mom? It was my mom. She, so there's no shame is. in having your mom being your first follower. You found on your mom. So Absolutely. She takes mom, a lot of pride who, who in this. Next? <laughs> so I know I would like ride the place in order. Yeah, exactly. Now what? Yeah, standing next to like the zebra printer, like, okay, what's going to happen now? So it was, I mean, going back then I rode the bus where I knew all of my target demographic was riding. I mean, this is just guerrilla marketing. This is the same way how we got on Kathy Lee and Hoda. Like I stood there and dressed like a disco ball. It's like, I was willing to do anything. I wrote a BuzzFeed I think article I love you. about myself. <laughs> a psycho. I mean, it was psycho stuff. Well, you now also came from PR, right? So you knew yes. you Barely. did have that skill set. For nine months, very non-informative months. Yes, you can grow human in nine months, so you can 20, learn PR 22 year old PR of being just fearlessly flushing toilets and wake up calls. You know, it was, there was some uh, learning curves in there, but I think for me, it was just, I didn't care what anybody thought of me. I was like, this is the best idea ever. And nobody can execute it better than me. You just hit on something that I want every listener to soak up. That one of the biggest blockers for people being successful is they take their life force and their energy. And instead of applying it to turning over the stones to figure out how to get things done, they apply it to worry over what other people think. And that is just a showstopper, deal breaker, not going to happen, right? So you were basically like, I'm going to be on that bus as a disco ball. I'm going to go yep. find out what, you know, I'm going to make it happen. And I how did you nuts. get that confidence? Was it innate? People ask me that all the time. I will ask you, did you just, were born that way? What, do, do you just think you don't care? What's the, what's I the root there? I definitely care. Unfortunately, I do care, of course, you know, what people think of me. I, I do. But in this case, I knew it was such a good idea and it was my song to sing, which sounds crazy, but it was like, this woke me up in the middle of the night. This is my idea. And if you've ever read the book, Big Magic, I love that book. Mm-hmm. But I think ideas, I, I really do see so many ideas like in human form. They're just floating around us. And one idea, like this idea was meant for me. And I knew nobody could execute Packed Party better. So that drove me to get on a bus with a ton of flowers. Are you super fun? When you say it's meant no. for you, why is it meant for I mean, you? Opposite Are you is the funny part because I'm so, I love sitting on the couch by myself. Uh, with a couple of girlfriends, party for I'm one. not a party. I am party for one, exactly. But everybody, who I, even our investors, are like, "It's hilarious that you're a packed party." Because yes, of course, I'm not going, but I have never been. I mean, I'll have like a margarita, and I trust me, my parents are like 
trick to having successful children, be wild. They always say that, but I just have always been so hyper-focused. And this really was what I've been preparing for my whole life is packed party. And I got a task rabbit. He helped me create. I mean, we sat there. I was like, I will pay you in pizza, Starbucks, and uh, also your rate. But you you can't leave here until, I mean, we sat in the back of the Starbucks. I was like, you can't leave here until I fully understand how to use Photoshop, InDesign, and create an emailer. Because that's how I was, I mean, outside of Instagram, that's how I was marketing to my customers. I was doing all the emailers myself and I had no background. So when I'll meet different entrepreneurs, they'll say, well, I don't know how to. And I'm like, you just figure it out. Right. Totally. You figure it out. I mean, that's the thing is you can Google anything. You can get a guide on how to do anything, or you can find other people to teach you or do it for you. And you so find that, out that's, how that's passionate be. you are in the process too. I mean, for me, it's like, you find out what you're made of, which you know very well. So how did you then go from, okay, so you're taking pictures on your step stool and then tell me about the scale of your business. Like, where did it start? How big is it now? Employees, yeah. revenue, like how did you scale it? We scaled quite quickly once we sort of turned a corner. So living in San Francisco, I mean, how do you go right from standing on a step stool, taking Instagram photos to partnering with Rebecca Minkoff? And then, you know, next thing I know, we've got Reese Witherspoon's team reaching out to us about this brand called Draper James that they've not had any partnerships yet, but they want to partner with us. And then I get a picture of Reese Witherspoon. I mean, it happened quickly in a lot of ways and then slow in a lot of ways. So for me, the issue was never the brand. The brand has always been very spot on, but I had never manufactured anything before. Um, so I met a guy that I, I was at SantaCon and I was completely sober. I was sitting there just exhausted with a few girlfriends. And I knew every single time, by the way, just context going into this day, anytime we posted a disco ball in our photos, the photo would perform really, really well. People just love disco balls. And I've always obviously living in San Francisco too. I mean, been very inspired by the seventies and the colors that I think really comes through with pack party. But he's like, why are you sober? I'm like, Oh, like I'm just, you know, working on this thing that's ruining my life. You, he's like, Oh, I go back and forth from China. I just landed. I help people manufacture things. I'm like, you're like, hello. <laughs> Hi, this is a weird moment. Could you help me make this disco ball you could drink out of? And so he and I partnered together and made what turned into my number one seller. I mean, and then got me into the wholesale business. So if you've ever seen it, it's a 20 ounce, 24 ounce, actually. And like, we have, a, we have so many cups now, so many ounces. Well, through um, the process yeah. of researching you, I have seen it and I am obsessed with it and I want it because the, I love party it's stuff. It's everywhere now. Yeah, no, it's, it's so sparkly. I mean, it's, we still sell them like wildfire today, but that is truly, that's the cup that changed my life. So we sat there together on this teeny tiny rooftop and I was like, so I have this idea and this is what I want to do. And the next thing I know, we were drawing up CADs and then we were making them and they were showing up to my parents' garage and my dad and my poor mom are unloading a pallet and the rest is sort of history. So that cup was so successful for us kind of before there was lots of them in the marketplace because I had no money to protect any of my ideas at the time. Uh, I was approached to do a licensing deal and I made my first line licensing and that was so successful. I looked up again and I had the opportunity to say, you know what, I could go raise money off of these numbers and do this myself. So that was when I raised capital. 
Um, and, okay. And- so you were running it as a, a business and you were just funding it off of sales and your own savings. And My grandparents and- gave me a note, a, a $50,000 note. Okay. So they gave you a loan and then you decided at some point, if I need to have the money to invest in inventory and develop my own product, I then need to go out and raise capital. And how did you figure out how to go do that? So I licensed first, which it is for some people. It's not for other people. Looking back now, it was a really difficult process for me, right? Because you have somebody else managing your quality and your brand and I'm very involved in my brand being a creative. So that was really hard because these are people doing things not necessarily the way I wanted things done or, you know, a Pantone or mask color being off. It just, it was a really difficult process for me, but the sales were there. So I had had a few people reach out to me about being interested in investing at Pac- Impact Party uh, throughout, you know, those first couple of years. And I was like, I don't know. I just... I want to just run a good business. I want to run a profitable business. I don't want to have a fake business is what I would like always say, because I was watching so many of my friends lose their jobs in San Francisco. These startups would just poof, like they're here and they've raised all this money and then they're gone. And it, that made me really nervous. So the idea of having investors, was like, I don't really want to go raise money. That sounds terrible. <laughs> and my very first investor, uh, she's a part of our board. It was a female, but, but she reached out to me kind of once I moved to Austin. So again, this isn't that long ago. This is now going back three years ago, but I had a line of products. I had the proof of sales. I was like, look, this is everything that this company made off of me and my ideas licensing. How about I do this myself? I've got an order from Dillard's. I've got, you know, a few other people in the pipeline. I could go out of business because it's so successful or, you could help me. So immediately, I mean, the capital really went to inventory for me um, because I had so much demand and I really needed to nail down people and supply chain. So getting her is a first sort of, I mean, it was a very small preliminary investment. And then um, I just put it to work. I mean, I still work off of the same totally crap computer that everybody else around here has got like amazing, beautiful computers. And I just have always run this company really lean, but we we just figured it out from there. And then all of a sudden we signed a few more customers. We signed a few more customers and I was like, we're going to go get into party supplies. We're going to go pitch some real big box retailers, like 300, 400 doors, even 4,000 doors. Like this brand has legs. You could have a packed party, anything and got in front of another group of investors. Some of which actually, you know, one of our board members, they were early stage at Facebook and Steve Hicks had invested very early on in Kendra Scott um, and he was her first investor and they believed in me and they invested. And I mean, there was a year between those two investments, but we were just in hyper growth mode. So today, I mean, we've, (laughs) it's, it's crazy to look around. We've grown so much and we went from two people hitting the phone, selling disco drinks before that, me by myself selling packages to 15 plus people in our office, a warehouse and distribution center full of people there, um, some of which are family. It's really cool. There's this culture and the people that, we, that we've found that want to be a part of what is a lifestyle, not really just a business. So um, we've got we've 200% growth. We've not had an unprofitable year. Um, we have That's amazing. Eight, Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's we're really blessed. I mean, it's been a wild ride. And what is, what has been, been some of, yeah. We'll go, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it just, it hasn't been without out a lot of hard work. I feel like a lot of people's stories are like, it just happened. Like, I don't know. And for me, it's like, I know how it happened. 
Well, that was what I was just going to ask you. Like, where are the warts? Where were, were there times that you almost quit? Were there lots oh of roadblocks or frustrations along the way, right? Because in every journey there are. It always Certainly. looks good from where you're successful and, and looking forward. But tell me about some of the hardship that you overcame along the way. I mean, you've got products showing up wrong. And Neiman Marcus is supposed to ship, you know, three days later. Like I, I wasn't managing on the operation side. I just had no idea what I was in for, right? So now we've worked with Neiman Marcus for a few years now, always were in their holiday book. And we're grateful for those types of relationships that gave us validity at the time. But I mean, little does Neiman's and my buyer, I mean, she knows now, right? Because it's not my mom. But I was like, by the way, that like several thousand disco drinks that we shipped out, like my mom and dad did that with me and like a few neighbors. <laughs> so, you know, you're just... You just figure it out or, or things come in completely wrong or defective or, uh, you know, somebody's going out of business and they'll unfortunately not pay you. Like you, you see it all. You, I was no prior business, business experience. I mean, I had a manager, but I had never managed anybody prior to starting Pactory. So I had to kind of put my big girl panties on real quick and say, okay, there's a difference. And there's certainly been kind of a, a phase of me transforming from a founder truly to a CEO that I have to be today with difficult conversations. But the difficult conversations that I had and the warts that you mentioned, they've shaped the company that we are. Mm -hmm. So there were so, a lot so, of them, but. <laughs> so along the way, you've put, you had the dream, you have, you've found the way to make the product, you've built the success. Give me a few tips on if somebody else has this idea and they want to go build it. You did incredibly well with over 100,000 followers on Instagram. What do you think were the key things that really drove that growth? Did you I think boost your content? Did you pay for it? Was it no. all organic? It, really, it was all organic. So we, we just started doing paid for ads on Instagram this year. Like, and when I say this year, I mean just a couple months ago. So we really, we've grown really organically because there was a lot of consistency in posting. So I used to always joke, I mean, I never missed a day posting. And I was posting, this is way back in Wild West Instagram when it was pre-paid for platform days, but I was posting like four or five times a day. And I always talked about the business as a we instead of a me. So the partnerships, which I wouldn't recommend lying to people, but I just always treated it like it was this huge business. And then that's when you know, the bare minerals of the world or the Lunabar, we, we launched Packed Party was the brand that Lunabar partnered with to launch all of their bars going gluten-free. They're like, we'd love to have you and your team come to the office and walk through just kind of, you know, what we're thinking for these special packages. I'm like, oh, my team is so sick. So just going to be me. Uh, and it <laughs> and was at that time, week. just you. It was, it was just me. And I missed work that day because I was fired from my job for Packed Party. So, um, What's so funny so, okay, now? So that, yeah. that's a good question. So you had kept a full-time job and then you were doing this nights and weekends. At what point did you quit? You just, you got fired because quit. you were yeah, spending no, so much fired. time. I, I can use the F word. I totally got fired. And rightfully so looking back, I shouldn't have been working on something on the side, but I was so, I've never been in trouble. So I, I mean, just in school or any, I was mortified the day I was fired, but, uh, a Woman's Wear Daily and San Francisco Chronicle uh, columnist reached out to me, Lorraine Sanders. She's still a friend today. She reached out. She was like, I've, everybody's talking about Packed Party. Would love to write an article about you in the San Francisco Chronicle. So little do I know, you know, it's going to be this full 
page in color story. She's like, we'd love to come to your office, shoot it. I'm like, oh, we're transitioning offices. You can come to my apartment, which is that same tiny. I mean, you can find all of this online. It's just like, I look so dorky in this little photo on my couch. And uh, that article was really the one that sent things over the edge at work. So it was like, you definitely are working on something else. So your employer and- saw that and basically did not want you to have a side hustle. And just and so you got fired just for that? I was fired for that. They had warned me about working on Pack Party before. And you know, like, was it a conflict? That's kind of harsh. It's, I agree. (laughs) Uh, Well, he's, so the guy that actually was the president of that company has since gone on and invested in my brother started a company, a software company, and he was his first investor. So I guess we're, we're cool now. I guess it's all, it's all come back around. Okay. I guess so. But at the time it really wasn't cool. I was driving down the 101. I couldn't breathe. I had to pull over. I'm like, I'm gonna like what I'm gonna live on the street and I called my dad and my dad was like you need to figure it out and truly getting fired was the best thing that ever happened to me because I didn't believe in myself enough I believed in the idea but I didn't Mm -hmm. believe in myself to execute it and that was the fuel I needed because I immediately started just tirelessly going to get any kind of job I mean I was turned down from walking dogs which was extremely humiliating like I have a Bernese mountain dog like how can I not walk a dog and I ended up, I mean, I was trying to do anything and these people, I would get kind of far along in these interviews and anybody was interviewing me. It was like, so packed party on your resume. I've gotten one of these boxes. Like, what do you do there? I'm like, it's definitely me. They're like, what? That's a really good idea. Why are you trying to work here? It's like, no, this packed party thing is ruining my life. And, and really it was finally, I just closed the door on it. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like everybody's saying it's a good idea. Why don't I believe in myself? And I started our blog. I poured more into our Instagram at that point. It was just like all or nothing. So you were worried about being able to pay the bills with just pack party. So you were looking for another job while you kept working it and then finally decided just to go all in. I mean, that first year we did, I think it was like $65,000 that year. It was like really light for, I I certainly couldn't go get an office in San Francisco um, and some team members. I mean, I was just figuring it out. And even when we did get an office, it was a bedroom on, you'll know Union street, right above the Starbucks. It was a a teeny tiny room. And I told the landlord, I was like, can you cut me a deal? Like I'll take out the trash. I'll do anything around here. I just really need to not work from my apartment and show on, I mean, we were using Snapchat at that time too. We were using Spotify. I was like, I need to infuse my brand and every piece of these women's lives. And I needed a space to do that from. Wow, that's amazing. How were you using both Snapchat and Spotify? I was showing these people on Snapchat, then behind the scenes in my everyday walking into work, uh, snippets around the office, which we still do today. They're a big piece of how we've gotten a lot of the partnerships that we've gotten because it's this culture of making your life a party. And that's not mm-hmm. to say, I mean, we work really hard around here too. It's, I know you understand, but we have a lot of fun doing it. And, and it's never really been, I mean, Packed Party is not called Jordan Jones, it's Packed Party. So it's about our customers and it's about our team. And showing that behind the scenes has been really cool through a platform like Snapchat. On Spotify specifically, we're verified on that channel because we created all of these. And this is now going back forever ago. I don't know what, it's not like I had some major marketing background. I was just like, what would I want from a brand? Well, 
if I'm going to be obsessed with a brand, I want to have a playlist to listen to when I'm using any of these products. So we, we, me, I'm doing it again, went back (laughs) and I made all of these playlists to coincide with every single product we had. So there was a breakup playlist, a confetti filled beats. And now, I mean, we still have that platform and people use our business in their everyday life. I mean, we've launched hair accessories. We've launched, I mentioned the tech items. We make anything and everything, but I think it was at the time, those early steps that I took, it it never made it seem out of the ordinary because I always viewed Pack Party as we quite literally couldn't be in one box. It was like, we're everywhere. We're jewelry. That is fabulous. We'll have to make disco ball earrings together. Done. (laughs) So tell me, tell me what you've given so much great wisdom along the journey of your story. But if you could sum up what you think your personal mantras and mottos are, how do you, what would you say? What what is sort of your guiding light? I think when one door closes, another opens. For me, there's been so many setbacks and, oh my gosh, you know, what am I going to do? Somebody's copying this product. Oh my gosh, this retailer is, you know, going out of business or falling on hard times, how are they going to pay this bill? And how am I going to then pay my people? Um, You know, how are we going to pivot? People want party supplies from us. Like, how could I ever launch something like globally Whole Foods? Like, I've never made party supplies before. So it's like, that's been the whole story of Packed Party is just kind of this, a little brush off of my shoulder. I'm like, okay, just keep going. Just stay the course, just stay the course. And I kind of have had these talks with myself in the mirror. I'm like, okay, you came this far. You didn't come this far to fail. So when one door closes, another one opens. So three open, in fact. That's amazing. I really believe that the mindset of an entrepreneur is you have to look for the opportunity instead of the obstacles. And clearly your journey is one of extreme tenacity <laughs> along with creativity. And, but you and know what I love ethic. too? I think, yeah, the my dad... And my brother, he, he's so much more outgoing than me, but he gave his high school graduation speech. This is like forever ago. He's way out of college now and living in New York. But my grandpa told us both and then he used it in his speech. It's like some people build airplanes and some people build parachutes. And I tell my mm-hmm. team too, it's like, let's build airplanes. Let's, let's go. Let's, we can't sit around and think about all the negative things that could happen. Let's just make it happen. Oh, I love that. That's good. You've just given me a new, you've given me a new mantra to love. So thank (laughs) you so much. Now I want to ask you to give self-made listeners a challenge. What if they are in a place where they have a dream? And for many people, it's not, let me quit my job or get fired from my job and go start another company. But any dream about some aspect of their life that they want to manifest and make real, what would be your challenge? for them that they can go do in the next 24, 48 hours that will get them one step closer to making it a reality? Absolutely. I think go immediately. I tell people all the time, go get a journal, write down 10 things that make you the happiest. And you will find in those 10 things where your passions lie. And they can be as random as tacos and old people or Uh, For me, it was like, what do colorful doorsteps in San Francisco and photography have to do with each other? But it was so private. I mean, I didn't even know how to use a camera. I just gotten, we use the same camera in our office right now to shoot for all these partnerships that I got when I graduated college. But it was just this really private journal. And I wrote down what made me happiest. And now, I mean, I manifested my dream. So I think anybody certainly just to have a dream doesn't mean that you need to start a business just like you said, but 
making something happen. There's something really magical about putting pen to paper and holding yourself accountable. And my journal, I keep all of my journals. That was the first step for me. I'd never journaled or kept a diary, but that was really kind of that first piece of the process for me to say like, here's what I should be doing. These are the things that just me by myself, they don't make my mom happy. They don't make my best friend happy. Just make Jordan happy. This is them. And that's how I was really able to find what my passion was. But if they have the idea, put it all down and then just check back in with yourself. It doesn't have to be every day, but you just kind of build each time you check in. And the next thing you know, you're 10 steps further than you were when you started. That's amazing. Jordan, thank you so much for that advice. It sounds like you are such, I agree, you were meant to do pack party. Aww, <laughs> Your passion you. is manifested into something that I imagine gets a lot of people other joy. I could imagine them opening up their box and being so happy. And that's all because you took the the courage to follow your dreams. So thank you so much for being a guest. And for all the listeners out there, where can they go find you, follow you, check you out? Absolutely. Yeah. They can shop any of our products from, we, we still have a few of the OG boxes, but we've got tons of other items now uh, that I mentioned, drinkware, laptop cases, duffel bags, you name it all at packedparty.com. They can follow us on Instagram. They can find it in any of our retail stores. I mentioned we just launched in Whole Foods stores nationwide. We've got a whole line of party supplies from cups and napkins, plates, you name it. It's all there now exclusively. So we, we took over their party aisles, which has been a really exciting sort of pivot for our business. Um, but we're trying to cover the earth. That was always the goal. So we're, we're still trying. You've got it. Okay. Well, Jordan, thank you so much. I think our listeners are taking away so much from you. First of all, make bold decisions and don't think that it has to make sense to other people, right? Oftentimes behind an entrepreneur, you find a little bit of crazy and it's just, otherwise you would never go do it. You would never go do it. So there's going to be a lot of doubters along the way. They just go hand in hand, but a dream is nothing without a heck of a lot of hustle. And while you're making that dream a reality, there is never a straight path. It's a lot of windy roads, a lot of random circumstances. Like I love you meeting this guy at a bar and, or, and, and then figuring so random, so random. But I think that is truly the belief of if you are the harder you work, the luckier you get, the more you put yourself out there into the universe and bring it up. Right. Because you had a random conversation. You could have easily not engaged, not shared your passion, felt right. self-confident about it or um, self-conscious about it. And and you didn't, you put it out there and you, you made it happen. So thank you for being so inspiring. Oh, thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure. I've been so inspired by you. So this is really, really exciting. And yeah, just trying along. It takes a long way. I used to listen to these podcasts forever ago and think, gosh, that person's really made it. But now so many people will say that to me. I'm sure you hear that all the time. And they're like, you just, it's always a journey. It is a journey. Life is a journey. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Jordan. And it is so great to have you on. And listeners, I hope you're taking that action challenge of doing your journaling. And until next time, my friends, just remember you are self-made. 